everybody. How you doing? Yeah, if you sat through that, not too great. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey you know, Green Room Live, whatever, post-game thing. Um, yeah, if you sat through that thing, uh, congratulations. You are the best fan in the world. Like, uh, we deserve medals or money or, like, a, a machine that extends our lives for the amount of time that we are dedicating to this team because it is truly a waste of time. But I got to say, thank God the players wanted Mike Yo. They really came out and showed why Mike Yo is the guy for them. Oh, yeah, we had to, we had to keep him. I want whoever the next coach is, and I hope they hire him, like, tonight, um, to be – Something that honestly tortures the players. Like, Fran Drescher should be the coach of this team. I, like, something that would just drive the, everybody out of their minds, completely insane. Like, listening to her voice, maybe. Like, I can't think – like, I, I hope it's Tortorella, and Tortorella brings a paddle to beat the players with at this point. Like, this is – this isn't an NHL team. Uh, they're worse than last year. They just got shut out by the fucking Devils. The Devils have won two of their last, like, or I guess this is, like, three of their last, like, 12 games, and two of those wins are against the Flyers. <laughs> like, this is a joke. This organization, top to bottom, is an absolute embarrassment. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about this team at this point because they're fucking terrible. They're one of the worst hockey teams I've ever seen. I can't believe what I'm watching. Just did they even try tonight? Like, really? What even happened in tonight's game? So, like, tell me one thing that actually it was just a bunch of whistles, and then before you knew it, sixty minutes had run off the clock. Uh, if there was, this was the embodiment of every midweek Devils game. Uh, anybody who sat with it, sat through it, uh, once again, you, you really deserve something. And I, I say it all the time, but I really appreciate the people who show up to these post games because, my God, there's absolutely no reason for you to be a fan of this team right now. Uh, and the fact that you follow them as closely as you do and then participate in something like this afterwards. You just dedicated two and a half hours to bullshit, and now you're going to talk about it. Like, ah, oh, thank you all very much for uh, showing up. So uh, with that, let us get to the callers, and let's oh, – yeah, like, I have so many calls lined up. You're, you guys are the best. Uh, let's lead it off with Chris H. Chris H., you're live on the post game. Oh, Bill, this is horrible. <laughs> this is the worst team I may have ever watched. <laughs> I mean, I think even the players' families shut the TV off because they don't want to watch it because it's an embarrassment. Uh, I mean, there had to be something else on television tonight. Like, my, what a great excuse to limit the kids' screen time. Like, oh, no, dad's game's over. We got we got to go read. Like, uh, I can't imagine sitting there. That's just – if you're not getting paid to watch this shit, I don't know how you do it. And we blamed, and the funny thing is, we kept blaming Jake, you know, Voracek for the leadership issues. Like, oh, you know, he's the problem in the locker room. That's why the team won't play for him. And we keep blaming the coaches, coach after coach. And none of these guys want to play for any of the coaches because it's like they want to get their way. But I mean, I guess they just don't want to play for anybody. I guess they just want to do whatever they want to do out there with no system. And they wanted to get Mike Yo in there. And What's changed? Nothing's changed. The power play still sucks. 
even strength still sucks. So <laughs> it's just, oh, my God. I don't know what you can say. I, there, there's so little to say at this point. Like I, I'm done. There's no, there's no further analysis needed. And thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, like the analysis at this point is they're a horrible team. They suck. The, I mean, they can't score goals. They never have the puck. I, I just, their goalie makes some saves every now and then. That's cool. Carter Hart doesn't look like he's lost his confidence entirely. Uh, that one that squeaked through at the end, I don't know how the hell it stayed out. Uh, but, I, like, what is there to even analyze anymore? They don't do anything. Nothing happened in this game. There was one sequence in the first period. It was uh, Drew. It was Giroux, JVR, and Frost out on the ice together. This is probably the most skilled trio they have up front, like just pure skill. Um, they kept creating, I'm going to call them almost chances for each other. Like they kept, they turned the puck over, like they create, they forced turnovers in the offensive end a bunch of times. So like get second chances. They, they, they made some, uh, you know, they cut off some exit passes. They, they were having a good shift. But, like, it never resulted in a scoring chance. You know, a scoring chance is almost a goal. And they had almost scoring chances. Like, they'd make a couple of – they'd intercept a pass or win a battle down low and then center it, and there's no one there. Or, you know, they'd get it over to the guy, but it was on his backhand. Like, there was just – no one was ever in shooting position. It's just the most – these are the most skilled guys they have. And, like, they can't make a tape-to-tape pass. They can't string together two passes in a row. My God, that's like rocket science for this team. Uh, it's it's embarrassing. Nikki Hall, Nikki, you're live on the post game. Nikki, you're muted, Nick. Oh, sure. There you go. Gotcha. I oh, man. Oh, man. My life's a mess. <laughs> Just like the Flyers. I see. I think the Flyers are probably worse, to be honest. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, is it too early to say that they're basically just tanking at this point? Like, there's literally, with the exception of Hart and maybe, like, a couple other players, there's literally zero motivation, zero dedication, nothing. It's you would literally... think, no, yeah, you would think like a team that just fired its coach, uh, like would have a little something, a spark, anything. But we're one game in. This is game two of Vigneault being fired, and they looked entirely disinterested. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I literally saw them put up five goals against Colorado, mind you, on home ice. So I'm sitting here thinking, oh, okay. And it was crazy because the um, the announcers was like, I think the announcers on Monday were just like, oh, well, this hopefully this isn't the quota for this week. It's just like, and now I'm kind of thinking back that I'm like, you know what? It probably was the quota goals for this week because at this point, it's like, I would. Are we still on the Steph, the Steph coach of the Flyers? Like, let's let's get her as coach. Like, literally anybody. What would they be worse? The, oh, like no, I think, to, oh no! I think they've lost to the Devils twice in three weeks. I think I think I have a very strong confidence that Steph would probably get this team in the right direction. I 100 percent. Like I, I'd be interested to see how they do. Honestly, I see at this point <laughs> I see Clearview uh, beating the Flyers if they ever play. I, 
I do want to talk about that Colorado game for a sec because I didn't do a post game that night. I went to the game. We did two shows early that day, so yeah. I didn't feel the need to talk about that game specifically. And they did score five goals, and that's a lot of fun. But Colorado had some goalie I've never heard of in the net. Mm. They play no defense to begin with. Like they're giving up goals at a higher rate than the Flyers. Yeah, like they much. surrender a ton of goals. And, like, the coach had just been fired. Mm. Luck says every now and then you score more than two in a game. Like, right. they, you had to score at some point. That mm. was that game had nothing to do with anything other than, like, they were in a shootout with Colorado. That was it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we literally, and I think it's been a running theme for I don't know how long now. It's like, we literally take the worst fucking teams, or even the worst fucking team in the league, and turn them into a Stanley Cup contender. Like, I just have to sit there, like, I have to laugh at it, because it's just so, and it's not even pity laugh, it's more like laughing, like, wow, this is the team? Like, do you remember when the Flyers were fun? Like, I honestly don't. Like, I know at some point I must have enjoyed watching them because I made them a, you know, a huge part of my life to the point that they became my career. So I must have really enjoyed watching them at some point. But Mm -hmm. it is a distant, distant memory. Like, I got kicked in the head by a horse and I have amnesia. And it's like it's there's a little there's a flicker back there. There's a little flicker of it, but I can't grab a hold of it. Oh, my God. Oh my God, Bill, you cracked me up. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest, but yeah. Um, and the other teams I definitely would recommend if you don't want to be watching this. Well, not this, but I love the post games. Not talking about post games. Oh, I this feel you. Shit show of a team. Couple teams I could recommend you to: Avalanche, Hurricanes. Thanks as always, Bill. All right, thanks a lot, Nikki. Yeah, the uh, the Avs are uh, incredibly fun to watch. Uh, like I said, they don't play any defense. And unless they get some things straightened out, uh, I have, I got to tell you, Colorado, if you're listening, I have a slightly used Justin Braun that you can have for basically nothing. I think he might be able to help your defense a little. I don't even think that's a joke. Like, I actually think it's a pretty good fit for them to like try to get Justin Braun. Uh, but the abs are a ton of fun. They just play in, like, these high-scoring, crazy games every night. Um, they give up a ton of goals. They score a ton of goals. They have more star power than anybody in the league except, like, I want to say more than anybody, but it's hard to say anybody has more star power than Colorado when, like, they might have the two best players. But Colorado has, like, five of the top 20, you know? it's So it's tough to it's tough to like weigh those two against each other, but yeah, highly recommend watching the apps. Uh, Chris Toff, Chris, you're up. Well, 10 losses in a row. You know what that means? Playoffs, baby. (laughs) Chris, I I, like, they're never going to win again in my mind. Like (laughs) I don't see, I don't see a path to them winning a game. I, I know they did it, but after last year, like, after watching, like, oh, you know, this team, they, they turn it around always. They figure it out. Like, they just let things spiral so far out of control last year, and now it's happening again this season. I think even that, like, the mediocre Flyers are dead, and we are now the bad Flyers. Which is incredible, because it's December 8th. Like, we are so far out of it, and it's still early. I mean, it's the quarter of the way through the season, and, like... Uh, who on this team, aside from Hart, 
doesn't look like fucking dog shit. I mean, TK, JVR, Coots. Is now. TK on this team? <laughs> like, is TK on? No. Did he play tonight? Like, was he scratched? Did it, uh, oh, no. He bumped into the goalie. I saw yeah, that. He so he did play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, the yeah, most yeah. passion when he bitched about the penalty that he was clearly a penalty. <laughs> like, fucking ran right into him and then tried to argue it. <laughs> so, well, let, let me ask you this. Chuck, what was it last week? That seems like ten years ago. We had his press. Oh my god! He wanted he wanted to see what we had. Well, we got we got Hayes. Hayes was Hayes in the game tonight? I thought he was. Somebody was. I think I heard his name. Oh yeah, he uh he misfired on a pass to Keith Yandel. I did see. I did see. I did see Kevin Hayes. Yeah. And Broussard, he's back. So does Chuck? Chuck, do you have a sense for what we have now? Do you have a sense? (laughs) A big pile of shit. Congratulations. I just hope that um that Hart isn't going to be isn't going to become the Giroux of the 2010s, right? Like we ruined Giroux. I mean, Giroux, oh, you know what I mean? But like I've been saying no one's untouchable except Hart, but like even if they do a full full you got a train coming through your Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Um even if they even if they do a full tank and rebuild, which is unlikely given comcast it's gonna take three to five years minimal right and we don't know if if heart's gonna be i just don't want to ruin the kid man i mean fuck this is awful it really is and uh the the good thing about goaltenders is when they're good they're good for a while and like he's Like, they don't hit their prime till later, and then they last a while. So as long as he doesn't just, like, lose his shit and demand out of here, which I would, uh, it's almost impossible to waste a goalie because they are, like, the determining factor when you get into the postseason. Like, having Claude Giroux is awesome, but Claude Giroux doesn't win you a playoff series. Like, a number one defenseman and a number one goalie uh, behind him is what wins you the playoff series, you know? So, I, I, I think it'll just be harder to waste him. But, yeah, it's a definite fear after we just watched, like, the best player, you know, one of the best players of the generation go completely wasted. Exactly. Well, I'll let you go, man, but uh, I really appreciate you doing this. I know everybody says that, but I I, I couldn't do this for 82 games, i got to tell you. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Uh, Yeah, now my – the train, like my – I have, like, two rooms I do post games from. One is my office, and one is, like, a back room in the house. And I didn't want to use the back room because it's freezing back there tonight. But when the train comes by, it is literally like 30 feet from my window here. So uh, it can get loud. Um, Yeah, listen, I I love what everyone says. They appreciate me doing this. I appreciate everyone showing up. I really do. Because you have no reason to care about this team as much as we do. Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game. Oh, what's up, Bill? How's it going tonight? Uh, Pretty good. Um, I, would you, would you recommend maybe giving, um, <laughs> it's, it's pointless me saying this, but would you even recommend giving Provorov like a little bit less ice time just so he can figure his game out? Yeah. Like, why not? Uh, you know, the only problem is like, who do you put on more? That's the. <laughs> Like, that's been – I mean, that's basically his career, right? Like, Provorov plays 26 minutes because who the hell else is there? Um, But sure, like, 
why not play Sandheim more? Increase Sandheim's workload and see if he can, like, grow into it. Or at least, like, just give him some practice. I, they're so bad. They have so many issues. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. Jonesy said it, too, that he doesn't know if this is a game that shows that they're even breaking out of, like, a stretch. Like, I, they're just going to keep losing because w- when you watch – there was an instance in the third. I think it was Brat. He – like we were just he fucking skated through the neutral zone like no one around him and then there was four guys in the defensive zone just standing there but it, it, there's no way they're trying there, there's just no way right like they were on a power play tonight and uh, the the devils have the puck and they're bringing it in on uh, you know shorthanded and everyone's just backing up I'm like, you have more guys! Double the puck! This is something you learn in fucking, like, mites! Double the puck! And they're just, like, watching him. Like, they cannot... If this is them trying... Like, I hope they're not trying. Because if this is them trying, like, this is the worst so team in the league. No, it uh, it's the worst team, like, ever. Like, <laughs> I understand it's only ten games, but it's bad. Like, it's, it's so much more than that. Game, it's, it's so bad. much more than that. Yeah. Like, I... Like I watched this guy on YouTube who does he the hockey guy he does like stuff and he does you know all post game stuffs and pre game stuffs reviews all the games and he says they're a bad team and they can get it back on track. There's no, there's no, it's over. This, this season's how? over. Like I would love for someone to explain to me a path to how. Like once again for the second time during this streak they had a winnable game against a team that's equally as bad as them and they get dominated by that team. But, like. Uh, but are, are they – like, the thing with the Flyers is they – like, when you look at them on the bench, and I understand Claude Giroux probably gives 95% of it out there for 60 minutes, but we just look so drained. Like, I, I see him sitting on the bench, and it's like, are we taking fucking Benadryl before the game? Like, what the fuck is this? They I, really need Yuri Laterra back. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But then there was an instance in the third – and I, I know the skills there. Like, I know it is. And that's why I don't feel like they're trying because there was an instance with six minutes left. If you were watching the game paying attention, you would have seen it. Sandheim skated through four fucking defensemen stick handling and got it on net for a backhand. Yeah. He dangled around the whole team. Bill, I jumped out of my chair, ran around the house seven fucking times because I haven't seen that in two years. I was, sh- I was baffled. I, I couldn't believe what I just saw, and in the uh, it was two games ago. He had a uh, he had a real nice move to uh, to create some space for himself. But tonight, it, he he dangled the entire Devils team, and I was just thinking, like, why don't we see this all the time? Yeah, I, and I don't know. And I like as this as we keep going game after game on this losing streak, it, it's getting worse. Like it it's getting worse. Like, I first started off where we couldn't score. You know, our defense was not bad. Now it's our offense can't score. Our defense is bad. And now we can't even make a simple fucking pass. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I Hunter, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, a, a single tape-to-tape pass, let alone, like, a string of passes resulting in a good, you know, sequence seems – Utterly impossible. Like it's like asking the world, like if they were to put it on their on their wish list to Santa Claus, Santa would show up and be like, "Yeah, sorry, couldn't couldn't bring you three straight com- completed passes. I just 
the elves worked on it and uh, they couldn't do it for you. Like that's what it seems like. Dan Allen, Dan, you're live. Hey, Bill, how you doing tonight? How are you? How are you? All right, I just got home from work. I uh, I haven't uh, actually watched the Flyers game since I went to the Carolina game. What two weeks ago now? Um, which is probably good, even though I have them all recorded waiting for me to watch, and I, I won't. I'm going to delete. <laughs> That's the sad thing. But I was just thinking about, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I guess it's a product of now being older than a lot of players in, in life, which, you know, is depressing on its own, you know, merit. But you know, I used to hero worship these guys, like like Jeremy Roenick and Mike Richards and Simon Gagne, hero worship these guys. And now these players now on the Flyers, like, I love the Flyers because of the logo, because they're the Flyers. I feel nothing for any of these players, like, less than nothing for some of them. And it's really sad, <laughs> you know, what, what, what's, what's been done here. Yeah, like, the, uh, the attachment to this team will always be about the logo, but, like, I have sentimental attachment to Claude Giroux. I uh, would love to see that dude win a Stanley Cup. I wish he could finish his career here, but it just does not seem – does not seem feasible. But outside of him, I just don't care. Like, I, I just – they've drained it out of me. I, I, these, these guys, you know, they bring new players in, and it's still the same results every year. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm calling you because, you know, I love I love talking on the show, but, I, you know, there's – and people find stuff to say, but I'm like I'm like out of words for, for you know, I got my – I got my Flyers flag on my car. I got two Flyers banners in my room. I had my Flyers sweatshirt on this morning. You know, I've got a lot of people listening to the show can relate, I'm sure. And it's like, you know, I, I can't even articulate how I feel. You know, it's it really, I almost want to cry thinking about it. You know, I know that's not manly, but whatever. <laughs> I feel you, Dan. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. And thanks a lot. Um, it's, it's so frustrating. Like, no, I'm, I'm in terms of like barely being able to articulate it. I realize like I've been talking for the better part of 20 minutes, but um, they're just so bad. It's there's, there's so little analysis and so few thoughts I have outside of like watching them and just thinking to myself, Holy shit, this team is terrible. Like the worst. That's it. Like that's the only thing going through my mind as I'm watching the game unfold tonight. I can't believe we've gotten to this point. How are they this bad? Harris Barnes, Harris, you're live on the post game. Um, hey Bill, can you hear me? I got you. Yep. Um, well, that game was not interesting at all. I barely paid attention to it. Nothing uh, happened. The two things that I noticed, like they were notable all game, were uh, Brat's goal was pretty nice. Like Brat's like one of the only like cool things that the Devils have done in like ten years, like drafting him that like, draft steal. And then I think JVR on the power player, maybe it was even strength, I don't remember. But he I think tried to go between his legs either to shoot it or maybe like across the crease pass. Like that's the most Yeah, yeah, yeah. He done. had that he had that play on like the right wing post. Uh, down low, yeah. Some that that was something that did happen. I do remember that. So like JVR, like he didn't look terrible tonight. Like I guess that's an improvement for him. But like, <laughs> he he hit somebody. 
Oh, yeah. Um, it was a cross-check slash board that – I don't know how he only got two minutes for that, by the way. He drove the dude into the boards from, like, two feet away with his stick, and they're like, yup, minor. I was like, oh, man, that – okay. I guess he the dude popped right up, so it's just a minor penalty. And I had forgotten that that even happened because the game was just so boring and, like – how many of us were like paying that close of attention to it? Like it just nothing happened. No, I was just I was just looking at Twitter for most of the game, seeing who was getting off the best jokes. Like, uh, what what else am I supposed to do? Watch that garbage? Yeah, and, and the thing with Sandheim, I forget if it, it might have been Hunter who brought that up, but like Sandheim has like the when Sandheim popped off, I think that was the eighteen nineteen season. It seems like he plays more freely when there's an interim head coach, like when. <laughs> Uh, when uh, Hacksaw got hired, he just started playing out of his mind, just playing more freely and like skating, being this smooth skating uh, defenseman, puck carrier, and like doing all these fun stuff. And maybe he's going to do it again because he has less of a coach who's like trying to control everything he does. Maybe that's something Sandheim can do. I don't know. That's just something like a trend that like I've noticed in the past, and maybe that could happen again when when Hunter brought up that point. Uh, that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, to me, maybe, uh, you know, this team could be selling real soon, and he wants to get the fuck out of here. And the only way to do that is to raise his own value. And, and like, the last point I'll bring up is, like, you, you see a team that just can't score goals. It, it goes back to the draft. Draft for scores. Like, draft for scoring upside. Like, if your draft positional need, you, you're going to get too cute with it, or you're just going to fail at it. And, like, the Flyers are in the terrible spot where they are unintentionally bad. And in the history of the, the cap era NHL, when a team is unintentionally bad, it almost, like, that that's a terrible situation to be in. And the only time, it, like, a team's been brought out of that is when the Lightning, who were unintentionally bad in 07, 08, and 08, 09, when they hired Iserman. And it took a whale of a job to, to get them out of that. And they got lucky. And... Even then, he still missed on picks. So, like, being unintentionally bad can leave you, like, set you back, like, five or ten years. Look at fucking Buffalo. Yeah, it's, uh, and thanks a lot, Harris. That's the, like, the unintentionally bad is, I think that's a great way to put it. There are teams that aren't trying for the right now. They're, you know, not, maybe not even tanking, but building towards the future. And they're the teams that are going for it, and they're the good teams. Um, and then there's the teams that are trying but suck, and that's the worst possible category. And it does it it does take longer to get out of that because look at look at the salaries they're gonna even if they don't resign Giroux, if they trade Giroux, whatever. Say they get out of some of the a uh, few other deals like you know JVR has a year left. Maybe you can deal them. Maybe you can buy them out, and the you know the retained salary isn't that bad. Um, but shit. How do you get out of Kevin Hayes? How do you get out of Ryan Ellis? Like Ellis would have some value. Like you'd probably be able to trade him, but you just have a lot of deals that are going to be really difficult to get out of because you're going for it and you still suck. Sean Venata, Sean, you're live on the post game. Yo, man, my mom texted me in the middle of this game and goes, holy shit, the Flyers stink. (laughs) She doesn't watch hockey. She does not watch hockey. Her experience with hockey is just watching by while we watch. But I guess the game was on in the house at home, and she texts me. That That is how bad they are. It, like, someone who doesn't watch hockey can visibly see 
that this team fucking stinks. No, and there's, and you know what? That's that's a great. There's because there's nothing subtle about how bad they are. Like they can't score. They never have the puck. Like they they lose every battle. There's it's very clear to anybody watching. Like they're just a terrible team. Yeah, dude, you said every battle. Me and my brother watched the game tonight, and we eventually turned it off. He said as a joke, like, I, he goes, I don't think the Flyers have won a 50-50 puck battle. And I was like, "That's I, I agree. And then we actually started paying attention to it. I was like, no, you're right. They have not won a single 50-50 puck battle. I haven't seen one. Like, I, I can't think of one. Um, you just hear J, uh, JJ on the broadcast, like, well, the Flyers are on the power play and they're still losing battles. Like these are just, you just can't <laughs> lose these. It's a, this, it's a man. It's a, like, this is a manpower thing. It's, it's got, it's a, it's a board battle. You have more guys. How do they have the puck? Oh, it, it, it's just completely ridiculous. And I, I almost, I feel so bad for JJ and Jonesy. Like every <laughs> single game, they're just going, you know, this is where you really got to play for, you know, deep down, something in your heart, some some dignity. And I'm just like, they're just grasping at straws because they can't explain how there can be this little passion on the ice. It actually doesn't make sense to me. And players I, I really like. I, I've always loved Couturier. I'm a big Couturier guy, but I'm watching him. I'm like, dude, are you all right? Like, like I, I don't know. Thanks, man. No, it's like, and uh, I appreciate it, Sean. Thanks. Uh, like with Couturier... It's not like you want him to be injured because, like, that would be bad if he was injured. Like, that sucks to be injured. But you're hoping there's, like, something the matter with him because if there isn't, what happened? Like, where did half of his ability go? Why does he look like not a good player anymore? Uh, you know, like, you're just looking for, okay, th- th- there has to be something wrong with him, you know? Like, and, like, why isn't Provorov any good why aren't so many of these guys who have played well in the past even passable you know I, i'm not it's hard to like play up to like players often don't play to their absolute ceiling you know your best season your best game whatever and you round out to kind of what your average performance is but everybody almost to a man is well below their own average performance uh, and even like if that average isn't great, they're below that still. Warren Brody, Warren, you're live. Hi, hi, Bill. How you doing tonight? How are you? I'm great. So I I just want to comment to everyone that doesn't want a total rebuild. The team with a total rebuild is not going to be much worse than this team. So what's the no, difference? That's the, that's the thing at this point. Um they're like a couple callers ago said they're unintentionally bad. Like they're this is uh, they've lost ten in a row. They're well below like they're below hockey five hundred at this point. Like take the overtime losses out of it and they're below five hundred still. This is as you can't get much worse than this. Yeah, my concern is that Fletcher's just not up to the task of a rebuild. Like I. I, That's I the concern at this point. More than the coach, more than individual personnel issues, we, can, can the GM pull off such a thing? We need someone cutthroat that really knows what they're doing to get, you know, make some good deals, you know, uh, figure out who we need to keep. Uh, I still say that the two Travises are on the first uh, train out of town. 
I, you know, I think that Hayes and Couturier are both hurt. There's just no way they're gliding around. They're not. If you watch Hayes, he's avoiding contact. Well, like we know Hayes is recovering from a couple of surgeries and he re-aggravated but, the but thing. They shouldn't you know? be playing. They shouldn't no, be playing. I, as bad as they, the team is, they're hurting the team by playing. I it, agree. It, I, I think like because they're so short on players organizationally and they're playing the team as a whole is playing so poorly, like Kevin Hayes especially, I think they should they should absolutely sit Kevin Hayes down, maybe for the year. Like but, this guy is this guy is signed long term at a big number. He's stuck here. Uh, you, him playing right now is doing nothing. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm noticing this team. You know, over the years ago, the Flyers were always a mentally tough team. They were always able to come back if they were behind or you know avoid long losing streaks. This team is lacking. They just don't have enough players to get, you know, to really, you know, keep moving forward and, you know, avoiding streaks like this. You know, I, I, I don't want to blame Claude Giroux, but, you know, it's a number of, you need a number of players that, you know, a leadership group, uh, this leadership group is garbage. That hasn't yeah, been good for years. We have to be I, honest here. Oh, yeah. I mean, what else can you say at this point? And when when you have an off season and thanks a lot, Warren, like you have an off season where, oh, uh, yeah, we brought in some veteran leaders, you know, Keith Yandel, Derek Broussard, like lots of guys who've been there and done it before. We strengthened the leadership group. We got rid of some guys in the locker room who were, you know, perceived to be problems and Voracek and Gostas Bear and Nolan Patrick. And here we are. The same, like the team's worse. The team is worse than it was last year, at least last year, which was another disaster season. But at least last year, they scored every now and then. Like they just got shut out by the Devils. They're averaging under two goals a game for over a month. Like I'm out of I'm out of synonyms for terrible like i don't know what else horrendous horrible like there are only so many ways i need to open up thesaurus.com to be able to get through the rest of this show honestly uh 69 mr 60 you're live bill can you hear me i got you yep can you hear me i got you 60 all right cool um did you pay for your tickets when you went to the uh game on monday oh god no oh god okay cool yeah i'm I'm talking to a lawyer now just making sure i can't get in trouble for uh funding a terrorist organization or anything (laughs) yeah no i uh listen uh one of the trade-offs in this business and one of the reasons i got into it is because i don't want to pay for tickets anymore no dude yeah it's just it's crazy it's night and day those two games honestly like don't get me wrong, like Colorado definitely dominated that game, but at the same time, like the Flyers did play pretty good. Yeah, at least there was something to like be interested in. Like I'd much rather lose seven five than two nothing. Like that was at least it, things happened. I'm like I'm trying to come up with things that actually happened in this game tonight. I, my biggest concern is like even if you do start the rebuild, it's like. Where do you even start? Because, like, obviously, like, G's not going to come back. Do you have to move? Like, because you're not going to get anything for a JVR or, like, a Ristolainen or, like, a Braun or anything other than maybe, like, a third-round pick. Do you have to move, like, G and maybe Coots to get anything substantial to start rebuilding around? You know, I, I, I mean, 
I think like the G conversation, you you almost have to trade him so you get something because you can't let him walk for nothing. And at this point, it doesn't even make sense to bring him back because the team's just so bad. Like, what are we what are we paying a guy? How a veteran, however much he's going to be worth. What's the point of that? Like, you know, to help us be a little closer to 500. Uh, But I I do think you have to start with the the veteran pending free agents. Like I joked at the beginning of the show, hey, Colorado, you know, you don't play any defense. We got this guy, Justin Braun. But, like, seriously, Justin Braun is the type of player who gets traded at a deadline and maybe you get a little more for him. But, you know, some idiot team out there thinks Keith Yandel can help them and Derek Broussard can help them. Uh, if Nate Thompson's ever healthy, like uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, you'll probably have to cover half of his salary, but at least you're not on the hook to re-sign him at the end of the year. If you trade him, you make up a little bit of that first-round pick you got for him. You're not going to get that back, but maybe you get something. Uh, but these, the the veteran pending free agents are the guys you have to start with. Um I'm, I think you can get something for JVR in the off season, but with one year left on his deal, I wouldn't even be opposed to buying him out. I wouldn't even be opposed to just say like, like if you're Fletcher, like at this point, like throw him on waivers right now. Wait, shake up the locker room, be like, hey, look, no one's safe right now, because like, what do you have to lose if you're Chuck Fletcher? I mean, you just spent to the cap this year. You gotta go walk over to the Comcast board or whoever he answers to, Dave Scott, and explain, yeah, you know what? I spent all the money that we had this year. And we are in last place. Yeah, like it's a drop in the bucket, but it's still like, hey man, that's eighty one and a half million. What's it going to? Like, what's the yeah, point exactly. of exactly? <laughs> Thanks, Bill. You got it. Thanks a lot, sixty. Uh, Jason H. Jason H. You're live on the post game. Yeah, you know, I think these last two days have really summed up what this team is, and um, I go back to the. Um, the McKinnon to Landeskog play in the Colorado game where you could see the difference in talent there. So now we come to the day with the New Jersey game where an average team gets a little physical, puts this thing in the mud, and is able to come out with maybe a 2-1, 3-2 victory or something like that. This team is incapable of winning either style. Yep, And that is the frustrating part. And I'm sorry, when it comes down to the physical part and showing some toughness, you said it on BSH. The question is, is where's the accountability? And I'm sorry, the fingers are pointing right at you, Claude Giroux. Yeah, and, like, there's, and that's the thing. Like, I don't want to – as much as I don't want to single out Giroux because he is one of the guys I think gives you a great effort every night, like uh, at a certain point – when the problems are the same over and over and over again, he and the guys who have been here the longest are the guys you have to look at. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. the The question is, is was Matt Niskanen that valuable? Because I'm starting to wonder if he should be put in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Because Dude, I, since, I, he's, since he's been gone, we've been nothing. I say, all, like, 
we must have just like the entire hockey world as a whole must have just missed on the subtle greatness of Matt Niskanen. Like it should be Bobby Orr, Nick Lidstrom, <laughs> Chris Pronger, and Matt Niskanen up on the fucking Mount Rushmore of defensemen. Uh, that's the only explanation for it. Like <laughs> what what this team looked like and what Ivan Provorov looked like next to him versus what they've looked like since. It, he must have been the greatest player and nobody knew it. You know, in the offseason, I know Fletcher wanted to make changes, get rid of this guy, get rid of this guy. But I'm wondering if the if the, the quarantine really just destroyed this team, whether mentally they just got spent so much time with each other that it just mentally destroyed them and they just never have recovered. Uh, Jason, there's – I mean, something at some point went wrong. Like – I I know it's the first year with a new coach and everything, but it really looked like they were building something in 1920. You know, even before the and we talk all the time, you know, we'll always have January to March 2020, uh, which was, you know, the most fun stretch of hockey we've seen in this town in a long time. And we haven't had anything close since. But got like beginning of that season, they were clearly improving and building towards something. And then in December, the Lindblom stuff happens. They come out of December and have that amazing stretch. And then they just never got anywhere close to it again. It's just been an, it's been a disaster ever since. Dan Martin. Dan, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Um, so I think you touched on this a little bit earlier, and you were saying uh, the people have been around here the longest. Uh you know, I, I I think it's time that we got to trade Sean Couturier like yesterday. Dude's on the books till 2030. And we're all talking about wasting Claude Giroux's time here. Coots is 29. You want him on the team for till another 10 years? Let's just rebuild, you know? Yeah, it's uh, – I do – like Sean Couturier is a guy, and it's not like that contract is um, – like, it's not a $10 million contract, you know? It's not something that's going to restrict you from making other moves. And damn, like, if they are able to build some talent uh, through the draft and make some savvy moves in a rebuild, he's someone who, if he's still some semblance of the guy we think he is in three, four years, a guy who would be hugely helpful as like a shutdown 2C, 1C because he plays the most minutes, but, you know, you have guys more talented who produce more than him, and he's in that that role that he's so good at. Like, that could really help you. But, yeah, he's he and Giroux are the guys who you're going to get something for. And you really have to look at the timeline and think, what is Sean Couturier going to be in a few years? And it looks like we lost Dan there. Um but you got to look at the timeline and wonder what is Sean Couturier going to be a few years from now? And like, how big of a mistake was that contract? Um, would, would they benefit from moving on getting as much as you possibly can? And uh, man, really blowing, blowing this thing, the smithereens, Brandon St. Randy, Brandon, you're live. Hey Bill. How are you tonight, Brandon? Just well, the, uh, the idea that the telecast is just pumping out, like I know you got to say something, but the the fact that they're like, well, they haven't had a practice with Mike Yo. It's like this is <laughs> this is insane that you get paid to say something like that. Like I know you got to say something, but 
I, that was going back to last year when you would hear AB go, I haven't had a full season with the team. He sounded like like just somebody coming out of AA, and they were just like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't have no idea <laughs> at all, like, what to do, what to say. And, like, to piggyback on what you said a couple calls ago, like, like people were like, oh, Chuck Fletcher did such a great job this year. Like, he, he overturned 40-plus percent of the roster, and he doubled down on bringing in leadership over – just skill and there's nothing wrong with adding like leadership guys but how did you look at that roster and just go like you know we need more guys that can like help us out of a tough time like that's that should be a red flag that your team's just not good enough yeah you know how you you know how you get out of tough times scoring more goals than the other team bringing guys who help you do that yeah you don't you don't just look at your roster and go like we're going to bring someone here so that when shit really gets bad next year, we'll have some people that go like, it's okay. Don't worry. It could always be worse. Like that's just such a losing mentality. And I heard you guys talk about like, you don't want to bottom out. Like you don't want to be like Buffalo and you don't want to be bad and you're going to lose your whole fan base. It's like, what is 10 plus years of doing nothing? It's like, you might as well just, I think if you were outright and honest with everybody and you were just like, look, this is what we got to do for a couple of years. It's going to suck. And like, that's what the Hextall kind of did. But you got to look at that roster and just go, like, we're tearing everything down. We're going to build it from scratch, and we have to really get, like, one through five picks. Because otherwise you're not – I mean, even when they are there, though, they can't make the pick. So I don't – but you, you got to, like, you got to do something drastically different than just trying to put, like, a Band-Aid on the completely fractured leg that's gushing blood out of it all the time. No, yeah, and to your point, like, what happens – what happens, like, after the Olympic break – when people have forgotten about the team for a little bit and like that building's going to be empty regardless of, Oh yeah, we're spending to the cap. So people think we're relevant. Like people aren't that stupid. Like this team's going to be completely out of it in February. That building is not going to be full. Like that's all there is to it. I I just seen the power play tonight too. It's just, it's so they're what (laughs) I know it it looks like they're down two guys and like, and they're just looking at the bench, like somebody, somebody come off the bench and just, I don't want the puck. Take it. (laughs) It's like, they can't wait for the other unit to get out there. I know. And and like, I, I know I'm always the guy on here begging for physicality, but like when you don't, like, it, it's real easy when you're down in a game. Like, anybody in beer league knows if you're down. Someone's going to get pissed off and start, like, doing stupid shit or just playing more physical. And you just don't see that from almost anybody. Like, it was there was 326 left in the third period, and I seen Scott Lawton hit P.K. Zuban. And I'm like, that was the first hit I noticed all night besides JVR just boarding a guy <laughs> from, the, from behind. Like, I don't want the boarding call, but why is Mike Yo and everybody – like, the guys apparently love Mike Yo. Why is it Mike Yo going? Why is anybody hitting anybody? Why why are we not chasing the puck? You know what? I've I've really come to realize um, they can't hit anybody because they're not fast enough. I know, like, but they he, don't have enough skill to be to do what you do when you don't have skill. Like that's the <laughs> they can't get near somebody in enough time to hit is them. That? How it, sad is that? It's incredibly sad, Brandon. Like it's it's you didn't, you didn't really pick a really depressing. You know what I mean? Like you just you didn't, you didn't pick speed. You didn't pick physicality. You just picked like we're just gonna be a team. We're just a team of guys, divorced just- guys. That's all we are. <laughs> the fucking team of divorced guys. <laughs> That's what they look like. Just dudes moving about. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brandon. That was great. That fucking crushed me. Uh, yeah, a bunch of divorced dudes. That's what they look like.
Oh my god. Yeah, like they're not physical, they can't score, and the defense is terrible. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should have seen this coming. <laughs> Uh, nobody on the team is fast. Uh, Joe McGinley, Joe, you're live on the post game. <laughs> oh, my God. Please make that the title of the episode. Just a bunch of divorce dudes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, can we address the, the devils? <laughs> I'm sure. sorry, the broadcast. Saying, well, according to the advanced metrics, uh, the Flyers oh, don't have any uh, high danger chances. Yeah, no shit, it's- Sherlock. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, have to talk in 25 just, minutes. Okay, I can watch the Devils, or I can just ask Sean Venata's mom <laughs> to figure that one out. Yeah, exactly. Oh god. Uh, sorry. That that threw me off to end the call. It did, yeah, it mind. Did. But um, the the one point I had was moving Drew is gonna suck because we all love Drew. But I mean, how do you put a C on one of those guys' jerseys? out there. I mean, I'm going to throw up if I see it on Couturier's jersey playing like that. Oh, that's like, it should be one of those things where they don't have one, and then it's, maybe it's a season before they have enough, like they shouldn't just have a captain to have a captain. When Drew goes, like that C should be on nobody until somebody earns it. Right, and as far as a GM, I'm thinking of like a a Tampa Bay Rays guy and like, you know, maybe for coach, like someone from the Andy Reid coaching tree, we, we just <laughs> got to try something different at this point. I, I would love, honestly, and thanks a lot, Joe. Um, I, I would love to go way outside the box on everything because Jesus, what's, what's this getting us? You know, like we are where we've always been. Matt, Matt, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? I got you. Yep. Right on. I'll uh, I'll ask you to do me a favor. I actually fucking fell asleep about ten minutes into that first period. Do you play um, for the team? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I think I could. Um, so I'm just I'm wondering. You know, I I, I kind of woke up around the time this podcast started, which is kind of funny. But you know, maybe a sentence or two. You could give me your kind of best, you know, Shakespeare breakdown of of how the game went. Uh, there were a bunch of icings, and somewhere along the way, the Devils scored two. Okay. okay. It was the slowest. So I, I didn't miss that much. It, I, at one point, I swear to God, on the Flyers broadcast, they said how many, however many faceoffs there'd been, and they look at they look at the time on the clock and go, "There've been over. They're averaging more than one faceoff per minute." It was like the most boring. If you could just imagine a Flyers Devils game on a Wednesday in North Jersey. That's what this game was. <laughs> yeah, no, that, uh, that sounds pretty bad. Um, the other thing I'll just uh, I'll just mention is I I guess there's a lot um, you know of hesitation right now with with Chuck Fletcher. You know how how he might affect the franchise. Um, you know and uh, what'll happen with him in charge. Um, for anybody that's seen Star Wars, this is fucking perfect right now. We are the rebellion. Any move that this guy makes going forward, I fucking look forward to it. He's going to continue to make mistakes. The national media is now exposing these guys for what a fraud they are. They can't hide behind the local guys that give them the softball questions. We just have to outweigh this guy. 
he's going to continue to fuck up, continue to make stupid coaching hires like Talkit or whatever other name is thrown out there. We just have to sit there by our time, and eventually they're going to fuck up to the point where this Death Star goes kaboom. So I'm digging in for a long haul. <laughs> it's going to be... I have that. faith in Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's a great point. I have faith in him to, without trying, get this tank underway. Like, he's going to start the rebuild just based on decisions he's making, not thinking about rebuilding. Right. We we don't have to worry, man. This, this is already set in place. We just have to sit back, fall asleep on a Wednesday, wake up a few hours later and realize, you know what? I'm one day closer to where we got to be. Oh, Matt, that's a great metaphor, not only for this game, but for life. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for that call. Honestly, no, that's a great point. Uh, Chuck Fletcher, maybe he's not the guy to like make the draft picks for this rebuild, but he will absolutely apparently put us in position to get this rebuild going. Uh, did I just adopt Matt's uh, accent like in that last sentence like did I just start talking like him because I love it I really love Matt's accent uh, but did I just start talking can I shake it now I think I did alright Kevin stop Kevin you're live on the post game Kevin you're muted alright you got you go. I got you yep uh, so um, I'm going to hop on or pile on with this because this team is completely fucked and has been since you know, the Mars swoon last year, that is who they are. Uh, gutless, doesn't show up, doesn't try. Um, painful to watch. A bunch of entitled, gutless babies. And the sad part is, if you look at the contracts, you know, the <laughs> Provorov has three more years. And that's like the best case out of all of them. Hayes, way too long. Everything Fletcher has touched so far has gone to shit. The only thing that is still outstanding that we don't know is Ellis. But, you know, it was good Not getting rid of Patrick and Myers. Start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, at least you didn't give anything up for Ellis. Like, y you surrendered nothing. And even if, uh, say, uh, like I like to pretend in my mind, they traded a first-round pick in Robert Haig for Ellis and they just gave up garbage and Patrick and Myers for, for Ristolainen. Like, even then, it's not like you gave up a ton. So like, as long as they don't re-sign Risto, uh, you can get something for Ellis at some point, probably. You know, like, there's ways out of this shit. But you're right. Like, even the stuff that seemed objectively good that Fletcher did, none of it has worked. Not a single damn thing. I think, honestly, he, you can say that he's objectively made it worse and set this team back five years. I've never been a big Coots fan. You know, he skates around like, uh, you know, like a deer on an ice pond. You know, stiff, hitchy. You know, I, I, I don't like the flow in his game. He's, at best, a number two center to me. You just gave him eight more years, and he ain't going anywhere. Nobody's taking on that contract, especially the way he's playing. Um Hayes, that that's dead weight. Um, who else? <laughs> Scott Lawton. Good luck getting rid of that that uh, that deal. Everything that Fletcher has done has ba has been baffling to me. I don't understand how these guys keep getting jobs. But if you really look at the Flyers, I mean, it's rotten to the core. 
You know, Holmgren is the one major common denominator in all this. Somehow he still has an office. Dave Scott's been around all year, or not all year, all decade, and, and was grooming under Ed Snyder. He doesn't know his head from his ass. The only thing he knows how to do is throw out cliches and then, you know, give Fletcher a, a blank checkbook. And we expect any good results to come from that. We're in, we're in for a long 2020s. Let me put it that way. I agree, Kevin, and thanks a lot. Uh, it is... The most concerning thing, uh, like I said earlier, you know, more so than any single player personnel issue, more so than who the next coach is, it's like, is Fletcher the guy for a rebuild? And like Kevin just said, it, it goes beyond Fletcher. Like, if the issue really does start all the way at the top with Dave Scott, well, then shit. <laughs> How do there's there's nothing that can fix that that's just a perpetual problem I, I i there are no answers for that issue other than he lucks into hiring um you know the next whoever the next ho- hockey ops person is after fletcher like he lucks into someone great is is really the only answer jeff wolber jeff you're live on the post game oh hey what's up bill how are you today jeff Oh, just doing fantastic because I figured out that I've been watching hockey wrong my entire life. <laughs> and and I what we should be doing is just being really excited whenever the Flyers can clear the zone, okay? Because they did that just about as many times as a normal team would have scored tonight against the Devils. Uh, they turned the puck over in their own zone consistently. I mean, it's been the entire season. It's like, oh, let's get the puck. You know what I'll do? I'll pass it up to their defenseman on the line so he can take a shot on that. Or better yet, I'll just put it right in the slot without even looking. Yeah, the like the breakouts tonight, every decision, this team, like they are, they appear to be beyond repair. Like everything they do looks wrong. Like, they do everything in slow motion. They can't make the simplest plays. Like, there was a there was a penalty kill tonight where they had, like, three obvious clears and hit, like, the one devil that could have possibly been in the way for, for them to keep the puck in the zone. Like, I, they can't do the simplest shit right. I think what's happening, really, is that nobody trusts anybody else on the team because everybody is fucking up individually. So, like, they look at, like, oh, he turned the puck over can't trust him and they're just not playing cohesively as a team at all and you even see it all the way down to Carter Hart he doesn't trust his defenseman he's out at the top of his crease trying to grab a puck that's getting swatted at by 10 different sticks because he doesn't trust his own defenseman to clear it nor should he and then what's really what's really uh flabbergasting tonight I thought was the the strategy apparently this was the, the whole team strategy let's dump the puck in and then not chase it. Not forecheck. Not forecheck. <laughs> let's you know just what? no. Their 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 offensive strategy is let's punt. Like they, they almost they, worked. They, it's unbelievable. It they almost got a goal dumping it in and off some fluky bounce. And I honestly got to think that was their best scoring opportunity was when the Devils almost put it in their own net off of like a weird fluky bounce. Yeah, it's there's just zero. Offensive creativity, there's just no spark whatsoever, and thanks a lot, Jeff. Like, it's sad watching these games. 
it is it does look like a bunch of divorced dudes out there. Uh Matt K, Matt K, you're live on the post game. Matt, you're muted. Matt. Hey Bill, how are you? I gotcha. How are you tonight? First time on here. All good. Uh, Want to just say that, you know, we can probably talk for hours and hours about the future direction of the team. The thing that just shocked me the most is watching two and a half hours of that effort tonight. Like that was that was painstakingly awful. And what's most surprising to me is two days, given the circumstances, this is two games after your coach has been fired. There's been reports out there on social media that there was a fractured relationship in the locker room. Some of the players must have been thrilled that AV is gone, and that's what they, they came out with. <laughs> yeah, they all the reports like Charlie said, he's the players wanted yo. Like the the questions were asked and they're like, "No, we want to keep Mike Yo." Like it, there's always at least for a team that just fires its coach like a dead cat bounce, but no. They just suck immediately. They just are a team that sucks. Doesn't matter who the coach is, doesn't matter who the opponent is, they're just shit. But what what's the most shocking to me, and I, I just honestly don't understand, is they bring in players like Broussard, like Yandel, like Atkinson. These guys come with a reputation of being leaders and helping build a locker room. How how does a locker room that's supposedly filled with all these leaders lead to a result like that? I that's that's the million dollar question, Matt. Like, what is the? Uh, I think it's just beyond answer at this point. I think it's just it doesn't matter, and they have to start over. Like that's the problem with this locker room is we can't figure it out, so we got to do something else. Yeah, it's it's just it's uh, you know we we've been through a rough eight years since 2012, the highs of 2012, and I don't know if I have another eight years in me of this. It's just, uh, but I think we're going down that path, to be honest. I agree, and thanks a lot, Matt. But I one thing I'll say is you can come out of the rebuild faster than I think we all think. Um, I, it could suck. You could not come out of it. You could be Buffalo, sure. Uh, you could have terrible luck. Uh, the one guy you do get, like Buffalo, could not want to be here, you know. Um, but you, you could be Toronto. You could be Colorado. You could be Tampa. And it works. So I don't know if it's going to take as long as we think. What what sucks is we already thought we bypassed it. Like the Hextall plan was like we're going to avoid tearing it all the way down. Yeah, we're going to have to deal with mediocrity for a little bit. But, you know, we're going to have the draft picks and the assets to be able to – uh, to to be able to come out of it on the other side, just like a team that would tank, but without having to go through it. Well, it turns out that wasn't true. We were mediocre for so long, and now we're going to have to be even worse. Like, we're going to have to look like this for two or three years. Like, uh Reese LaRoche. Reese, you're live on the post game. How's it going, Bill? Wonderful, Reese. So um I um I there was I don't, can't remember who it was but I disagreed with the point that like it's this is like all G's maybe not all G's fault but like there was a problem with specifically him and his leadership the truth is since he's been a captain all the way back in the lockout shortened season back in 20 was it 2012 2013 13 um, yeah we haven't had a talented uh team around Giroux you know, we've had, you know, Vorchek, who was actually a good player. You know, we've had some good players, but we haven't had a complete team around Giroux. So 
you know, you know what that leads to? It just leads to mediocrity, you know, finishing eighth or seventh and then drafting like 20th or like missing the playoffs, but then drafting like 14th just leads to like eight years of that. And then, you know, bad management by Ron Hextall, bad management by Chuck Fletcher. They can't build a team around Giroux. It's literally just the fact that Giroux has, doesn't have enough talent around him to actually win. You know, I do think that there was, there is leadership problems, but I don't think it's really Giroux's fault per se. I think everything you're saying is true. I think they've never had, I mean, to win in the playoffs, you need a, a number one defenseman and a, and a number one goalie and never once in G's tenure of, as captain have they had those things. So it, it's not even about the results for me at this point because everything like, yes, this team is mismanaged. The coaches have not helped. There's plenty of issues. Like in Jeru's prime at one point, they had him playing with, like they had Jake and G in their prime playing with Michael Roffel and Matt Reed. Like, yeah. no, that's that's not that's not how you that's not how you build around two stars. All of this is true, but it's not even so much about the results. It's that like we keep seeing things like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, the coach. They just don't want to play for this coach. Like these are real reports yeah. that are happening. It's this culture around the team where things just seem to constantly, not just the results are mediocre because they're a mediocre team. Of course, like they, yeah. un, we can all agree they underachieve, right? Like even as bad as the teams have been, they could have been a little better at points. I just, I'm not putting it all on Drew because all the things about the team are, you're right. But, at a certain point, he is the captain, the highest paid player, and the best player on the team. Some of it, at least the question has to be asked, is he doing enough? Yeah, at, at that point, like, you know, the, I agree with that. Like, at least the question needs to be asked, like, you know, is there something that Drew could be doing better? You know, is there is there um, something that he isn't doing, you know? But, like, I don't know, just this team... Like you said, we've Carter Hart. We've had like you know Steve Mason provided some good hockey, you know, and um, you know Carter Hart's been good two of the well three of the four years I guess that he's been here. Um, it's just I don't know. This team just is, has always lacked a third line, has always lacked a fourth line throughout G's uh, entire tenure here in Philly. Like he's always had like one or two good players they could work with. His the power play has been like okay. It's been really good some years and really shit in others. And like, I don't know, it's just he's Drew's always been able to provide us with, you know, like that 2017, 2018 year was really fun. You know, we, we had like five really good players and he was just Drew had 100 points, you know, Vorchek 85 points and stuff like that. And Ghost had like 65 or whatever. I just loved that year. And despite, you know, getting knocked out by the Penguins in the first round, that was like the last fun year of hockey that I think we've had here in Philly. I know that, you know, we went to the playoffs a few years ago, but like, I don't know, that was just a shortened year and like, I don't know. What's your take on that? Yeah. And thanks a lot, Reese. No, I agree. Like that season was a ton of fun and you had a lot of guys operating at a very high level that year. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, ghost career year, Jake, awesome season. Drew should have been MVP. Couturier really coming into his own and being that uh, 1C when they moved Drew to wing. Like, all that was a lot of fun. It, it was cool. I, Simmons was still on that team, right? Um, it, it was, like, that's great shit. Uh, it's just, 
I don't even – here's – you know, I say the question has to be asked of Giroux, but at this point I don't – you know what? Does it Does it matter? Like does it matter if Giroux's a great captain, a bad captain, an average captain? Is there a such thing as a good captain or a bad captain? Could he be doing – I don't think any of it matters. I just think it's probably time to move on. Um, and that's – like I don't want to. These are not things I'm like happy about. I want Claude Giroux to – break every Flyers record. I want him to win a Stanley Cup in Philadelphia. I want him to play here until he's 46 years old. It just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And so like it's just, it just must be it just might be time regardless of what's his fault, what isn't. Honestly, it doesn't matter. It didn't work. And so it's time to try something else, probably. Uh, Tony Ski. Tony, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How are you? What's going on tonight? Uh, not much. I'll keep it brief. So I missed the game. I'm glad. I was actually going to come back and watch the game on ESPN. I accidentally saw the score. I was like, well, I'm not going to watch that. But uh, so I drove to Vegas today. I've got tickets for Friday. I spent like $260 on SeatGeek. And I'm wondering if maybe I should have, like, Spend it on tacos or something like that. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I'd say bet the under and uh, get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good idea. And, and you know, the other thing, you know, I was really excited to see Wade Allison play last year. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing him come this year. But I'm almost glad he's not back because I feel like if he came back, you know, now, he'd just be dragged down with the rest of this team. And I don't know, maybe save him for next year. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, with the culture on this team now, saving guys, uh, keeping guys out of dealing with whatever's going on in the locker room, dealing with whatever's going on on the ice. Man, like we've had, like, the roster's been rolled over a bunch of times, and the results stay the same. Maybe preserving certain players from this atmosphere is best. I don't know. Yeah, I know they won't. But anyway, I was just throwing that out there. Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tony. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, it's man, it's just such a shame. These are the conversations we have to be having. Like, I really thought the conversations that we were going to have on the post game this year would be about like keeping up with the Capitals. You know, keeping keeping up with the uh, the top of the division. Um, us and the Rangers, like two up and coming teams. But no, we've been lapped. Uh, like, gee, like the Caps, they're doing it without Backstrom, Oshie missing time. Like, uh, Ovechkin's 36 years old and he's producing at a level like alongside the best players in the league. Still, like, this is one of Ovechkin's best years, honestly. Like, he's got a real shot at Hart Trophy. It's it's unbelievable. But different conversation for a different day. Let's wrap this up. Uh, Chris Krochak, Chris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how's it going? How are you tonight? I'm all right, as good as I can be in the middle of a 10-game losing streak, but I'm kind of desensitized to it by now. Um, I got two quick points I want to make. Um, first one, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, one of my best friends is a Devils fan, and, you know, growing up, uh, you know, and even up to a couple of years ago, we used to get so excited to chirp each other during games, and we would, like, want to go to games, and dude, we don't even text each other about it anymore. It's like, I just don't care. Like, even if my teams were bad back in the day, man, like, I would at least want to, like, chirp my buddy who's a devil's fan a little bit but at this point i'm just 
I'm just broken down by it. You know, like I don't even care. And and I was going to go on the game uh, on the 14th and turn him. I'm just like, dude, I don't even want to spend 20 bucks on the last row. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. Cause I have a couple devil's fan friends too. And tonight when we do text each other, like the, the, the two games they've played the last couple of weeks, it's like, we're both, <laughs> just shit-talking our own teams. And it's like, yeah, but, like, my team's even worse at this. Like, that's that's what it's turned into. I never thought that we'd see that, but uh, here we are. (laughs) It's pretty pretty damn miserable. Um, But you're right. I mean, it's like, who can just – who can be even shittier? Uh, but the other point I wanted to make, uh, there's been some talk about Couturier because I know that everyone's discussing, you know, how, how you rebuild now. Who do you move? Who do you keep? And, you know, I, I love Coots. He's a really good hockey player. He's done a lot of good things for us over the years. But at the same time, you know, everyone always puts him in the category of this untouchable player, this incredible center. I'm not saying he's not a very good player, but if he's as untouchable and as good as some people claim him to be, what the hell has – this team accomplished with him as no, one of like, the top two line centers. Do you know what I'm trying a, to say? A team with the premier one C um, like would be better than this. Yeah. He's, I'm not saying they'd like win the cup cause they're missing tons of pieces, but they'd be better than they've been the last few years with Couturier. Uh, I would love it if they could acquire a ton of talent and put Couturier in a role more conducive to what he does And even if he still played the most minutes among the forwards, like you depended on other guys for to lead the offensive line and he was more in the shutdown secondary role, like that would be cool. I just like, man, he's 29. He doesn't look great right now. Like, can you afford to keep him around? Like try to get something for it. It's tough. They have a lot of tough decisions to make. Like they have a bunch of guys signed to big money, long-term deals and they have to rebuild. Yeah, it's not, I don't envy Chuck Fletcher or if there's another GM after him who has to figure this shit out because, God, that's a headache. Uh, just looking on Cap Geek or Friendly or whatever the Cap website is, it's it's bad. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think that with players like Coots and anyone else who's just been here for at least the last four or five years, it's just time for a change of scenery. I don't care if you're good, bad, average, what role you can fit. We just need to try something different. It's time. Shake it up. Get new people in the room. Just we can't keep doing the same shit. No, I agree. Thanks a lot, Chris. Like, like I said, like, does it like is is Couturier one C? Is he this? Is he that? It doesn't fucking matter. Like, this team isn't good enough, so we gotta change things. Like, that's 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 what it comes down to. Uh, let's go to Jack Conroy. Jack, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, uh, young Flyers fan from uh, Chicago, so you can imagine how 2010 went for me growing up in elementary school, getting chirped at and, and shit. But uh, uh, I'm looking at this team now, and I, all I know is the Ron Hextall era. I was six in 2010. All I know is this mediocre stuff, and I, I just honestly can't take it anymore. I'm 17 years of age, and I'm starting to think that they're never going to win a cup in my lifetime. So... I can't even imagine how anyone in the audience here feels. Um, I think what you need to do, and I've uh, heard you hint at this in, you know, the BSH radio and stuff, uh, is get one of the process coaches because say Tockett comes in, say Tortorella comes in, how long are they going to last? I mean, this team's going to be... No, they they have an 18 to 30 month window. Like, that's all they're going to last. Like... 
so going back to what you said about you've been hitting at the process coach, I think you just need to do that. You just strip it to the ground. Uh, you, you get these high picks, you do it again, even though the Hexall era was a failure and you just roll with that because I, I'm just pissed at the team right now. And I, I don't even know what to say, Jack. And I'm like, uh, I, thanks a lot for the call. Uh, like I feel man, I like in my head, I'm 17, but like, I'm 33. Uh, it, it blows my mind. Like you're a, a Flyers fan in Chicago. There's got to be some sort of family ties. I should have. I should have kept him on the line uh, to ask him. But like, at least while I didn't see a cup, I saw a team that was relevant every year. I saw the Legion of Doom. I saw the '04 run. Um, you know, after the lockout, they get Forsberg. Uh, you know, the Richards and Carter years. Like, I had a team that was relevant every single year. Uh, You just assumed they were going to the Eastern Conference Final, and they did, like, once every three years, four years or so uh, for a time. Like, if you're a little older than me and you got to see them in the 80s while they didn't win a cup, like, they went to three, you know? (laughs) Like, the young fans, man, if all you know is this – God damn, that sucks. Uh, Nikki Hall, Nikki, you're back. Hey, Bill. Um, so basically, um, I think we've kind of exhausted the point of like, honestly, at the end of the day, I think the majority of the responsibility aside of Drew and a few other guys, it really ultimately all is going to end up falling back down on Fletcher because like, if he's not going to go out and actually make the proper moves to try and like get something going to get this team on somewhat of a more consistent track, like he needs to, he needs to go. Like there's no two ways about it. He needs to go. I really want, and I really hate to say it, but Drew would have, would have to, would have to go. Cause like he deserves to win a cup somewhere. Like he's not going to do it here. Like, if he, at least as a player anyway, if they want to bring him back as like a, a developmental coach or something like that, then hey, go for it. But like, you know, some of the some of the players deserve some of these players that actually have value deserve better than what they're getting here. You know what I mean? Like, oh, one hundred percent, Nikki. Like, I. I a guy like Justin Braun, who I think will have value at the trade deadline, like that guy should get to go play for a contender. Like this is it for him. He's got, you know, maybe a couple years left, maybe one year, maybe this is it. Like if he wins, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he hung it up. Like the there's no point in having these. And Giroux is a different case because, you know, he's a franchise legend. Uh, but – Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of having some of these pending free agent veterans on this team? Especially, like I mentioned, a Justin Braun. He's a a, a good, solid defenseman who can mm-hmm. like you can get something for him. He's the exact type of dude who gets traded at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't you trade a guy like that? Oh no, without a doubt. Um, it's just same with Drew. I mean, like he has like. May not have the most value on this team. Actually, no. What am I saying? He probably does have the most value, but like, you know, you'll get something from him or out of him. Cause like, like yeah, when when Braun first came, wasn't super fond of him, but then he kind of started to show up more 
he started to show more consistency. So it's like, oh, so in the back of my mind, you know, and it's funny that I actually thought of this, you know, back before we hit this train wreck of a losing streak. I was like, you know, if we were to trade any of these guys right now, I feel like Braun would definitely get us something. Like, you know, we like I I do not have a problem dealing with mediocrity for a short period of time. However, dealing with it prolong as prolonged as this has been, like it, it, it's it, it's an in it's an insult to us as fans. Like we deserve a better fucking hockey team than this. Like, like honestly, I feel like the I think even someone in the comments had even said like you know well I said that or basically agreed that like these post games are probably the only good thing of being a Flyers fan. If I'm being 100 percent honest. Well, thanks a lot, Nikki. I really appreciate that. And but no, I, I we do deserve better. And like some of these players who do give it their all, they deserve better than playing for this organization right now. But we as fans absolutely deserve a much better hockey team. Uh, we only have a few more here. Um, let's get to Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the um, game. So an interesting point uh, to bring up. You were bringing up the. Uh, thing about you've watched a lot of good hockey at least in your lifetime like the whole the downturn of the flyers it kind of reminds me i mean it's not a complete apples to apples comparison but like the red wings held on for too long and tried to keep making it and stay good enough but they knew they weren't they were just doing it because illich was about yeah yeah, they wanted to uh, Illich wanted to keep being in the playoffs while he was still alive. So they, they held on for so long and Holland didn't adjust to the salary cap and everyone else got smarter and they couldn't do what they did before. The Flyers, like as you said before the the lockout, they were able to do so many good things in terms of like spending money. They had a they were a national brand in terms of franchise free agents wanted to go there. And then once the salary cap happened, you couldn't do the same things as before and the um the drafting got worse and like they what they had one draft steal in between Giroux and in Hart and that was Gossip Bear. They had enough to keep propping them up to stay relevant enough, but they weren't doing enough to either be good enough to stay as like a legitimate second round or later contender, and they were doing enough to keep them from bottoming out. So they're in what Detroit found themselves in four or five years ago and realizing yeah, we got to actually properly rebuild this or else like we're just wasting years of this franchise. Yeah. And uh, hopefully the flyers come to that realization because shit I have, I I, I thought there was a way to bandaid this thing. I really thought some tweaks uh, here and there, uh, you'd be able to avoid it. Like Hextall's plan was, but um, clearly that is not the case. And, you have uh, to do every bill. You have to do like everything right with your draft. Yeah. No, that's... you have to get lucky with trades and free agency. Like the Rangers made some great trades. They got lucky with Fox and they won the lotteries, although that really hasn't helped them that much, but they've been fortunate. They've gotten some things, but like if the, if Hextall doesn't hit on all of his stuff, like you're just keeping yourself in the same spot. Yeah. And the, like the Rangers have the bonus of like, Adam Fox, Adam Fox would sign there. Artemi yeah. Panarin wanted to go there. Like they have that New York cachet, which you know sucks, but they have it. Uh, and so you can, like, you don't have to hit as hard. But like, yeah, with the with Hextall's plan, like you have to be an above average drafter. He was probably average. He did okay, but like you have one miss, like a German Rubsov, 
you're screwed. You get to the top of the draft and it's just bad luck with Nolan Patrick, you're screwed. And like that shit happens. And so here they are. Well, and you're a little bit older than me. Like you always talk about how like the Flyers are the original seventh team. They used to like flash that and be proud of it. Like I feel like they don't even market that anymore. And like the Flyers aren't cool anymore. And essentially the Penguins have taken over that spot and become the cool of the the expansion six teams. That's a great point. Like, yeah, thanks a lot, Harris. They've like they've like they've lost that. They're not a brand anymore. It's just like fucking like they needed gritty like and i like gritty it's it's a fun thing for the kids i grew up with the fanatic i still love the fanatic uh gritty's cool gritty's funny it's a lot funnier when you're winning it's kind of annoying when you suck and it's like the only thing going on but shit that was the fanatic for most of my life so whatever uh but like yeah they have they've lost so much of that all right jack conroy jack you're back yeah sorry i'm back for uh, Bill, um, all good. I just I just want to tell you, uh, my dad's from Philly, so that's how, obviously how I became a fan in Chicago. And quickly, because I know you got a, a life, uh, I just wanted to touch on how we were all played by Hextall, and I know everyone's been talking about this, but uh, I, I'm just going back to examples of my life where every, I, I believed it, and I think most people believed it. Sixth grade, my Chromebook screensaver was Sanheim, Sam Moran, Provorov, Gostasbeer. I'm thinking these guys are going to be oh the future God. stars hanging in the rafters. We're going to be winning. We were going to be. Every we were going to have that. Yeah, we were going to have that Nashville blue line of just this like yeah. a, a whole crop of guys, like four number ones. Like, oh my God. And, and uh, since I live in Chicago, I attended the. Uh, 2017 draft I, I was so hyped we got the second overall pick i was thinking oh this is it we're gonna get our top guy and then we're making runs for years and i see them draft nolan patrick and i'm thinking to myself wow i'm witnessing flyers history uh and we're, we're just gonna be so great and now to see it all come crumbling down i think hextall deserves to be in prison so uh, <laughs> that's all i had to say thanks a lot jack i appreciate it all right this is gonna be our last one matt is back matt you're live Hey, Bill. Thanks for taking the call again. Um, the, the accent's actually from Winnipeg, FYI. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so just, just hear me out here. Um, if, if you're a coach that's out there sitting on your couch on a Wednesday and you get a call from Chuck Fletcher, if you want to coach the Flyers and, you know, you, you ask that man who's probably on his last breaths as, as the general manager for the team, you know, what's the organizational plan? What kind of young stars do you have ready to, uh, to help me win? You know, do, can I expect meetings with you next summer? How low is your self-esteem to accept that job? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you're, I, you just like, you'd have to demand a huge salary or, Dem- or like and like demand long term. So after they fire you after a season and a half, like you you just continue to get paid. Like that's it because that's the culture of this organization now. They've had seven coaches in the last seven years or whatever the hell the stat is. Like it, it's it's a joke. It's an absolute freaking joke. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's all I got. Just thanks for taking the call and uh, have a good night out there. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Um. Yeah. I, they are in the situation is dire in Philadelphia. I they have so many problems, and it if it starts at the top, 
the things that we want fixed may it might be a long time before they realize they need fixing. I hope that's not the case. I hope it starts tomorrow. Now, obviously, I mean, logistically, like they can't, they don't have enough guys right now (laughs) between the flyers and the phantoms. They have so many guys injured COVID protocol. What the fuck ever. Uh, I don't think you can start a fire sale tomorrow. And also like you don't start selling in December. Usually you just don't prices go up as deadlines near and, yeah, you're selling yourself short if you start, but like for the sake of saying it, I hope they they come to this realization that they need to rebuild tomorrow. But goddamn, I am not hopeful. All right, we're over an hour and a half now. Uh, I want to, I I just want to be done thinking about this team for for a few hours uh, before we get right back on it on uh, on Friday for that big showdown with the Vegas Golden Knights. 10 o'clock start. Can't wait to be doing like a 1.30 a.m. post game. All right, that's all the time I have for you tonight. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. You know the whole shtick. Just do it. Hit subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Say some nice words about us because it's good for our self-esteem. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.